Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What is going on, everybody? Welcome in to episode number 259 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. I'm your host, KB. We will get to the Sixers and Brett Brown on Wednesday night's live show with Matt, but uh, we had to wait for all that news to go down, in my opinion, but the Flyers just played a game, and that's what this episode is going to be dedicated to, yelling at the Flyers for playing a pitiful pitiful game in game one against the New York stinking Islanders and joining me on the voice line a familiar voice a friend and just a a damn good Flyers fan and a damn good friend the one and only Mikey Ostrowski you forgot the part where it's a pissed off Flyers fan that too I think that is a 99.9% of Flyers fans uh tonight was so hard to watch i just cringed through the entire thing yeah uh and before we cringe and yell even more as always show sponsored by our incredible local sponsors main auto llc douche arms pro foot security 21 paul j gillespie incorporated bob novick auto mall mark ronchetti cpa llc and the dental wellness center of Vineland, and of course, our kick-ass merch provider, Design Tree, DSGNTree.com. Search Underground Sports Philadelphia, and at checkout, when you got your cart all loaded up with all your Philly sports gear, uh, use the promo code DSGN5 to save yourself $5 off at checkout. And then, of course, our friends over at Tomahawk Shades doing the damn thing the right way. You guys know I wear my Blue Light Plus glasses every single episode. You can get your hands on a pair, some regular sunglasses. It's still summertime outside, so while you're practicing safe social distancing and going outside, doing the right things, protect your eyes. And going to save you guys some money as well with our promo code USP. Saves you 25% off your entire order at checkout. Check out our friends at TomahawkShades.com, promo code USP. Mikey, the Flyers lose 4-0 tonight to the Stinking Islanders. Um, they allowed an empty net goal halfway through the third period, and they just kind of looked like they were lost almost the entire game. Uh, yeah, and it really started looking like they were lost not even 30 seconds into the game. I mean, the Islanders came out. They were firing on all cylinders. I mean, they started off like a team that was in round two of the playoffs, and the Flyers looked like they were still trying to keep up with the Montreal Canadiens that weren't on the ice anymore. Like, it, it was it was such a pitiful start. I mean, that entire first period. That that first period would have ended probably 3-0 to zero had Carter Hart not been as clutch as he was in the first. Yeah, without him, the game probably ends overall at like 7-0. 
Yeah, and not to mention one of those goals being an empty net goal with seven and a half minutes left in the game. Like, I, I know I'm getting ahead of myself talking about the third period here, but what the hell was that? I understand that when you're down three to zero, you got to shake it up a little bit, but the way to get back in the game is not by pulling your goalie when half of the third period is still there. Like, I was so taken back when I saw that empty net goal go in i had thought maybe there was like a delayed penalty or something and we pulled him and i i hadn't realized i I, that was what the hell was that i i understood the concept like you said like trying to shake it up and everything but like if you're gonna do that um your defense can't be moving slower than gary the snail so bad man like from the jump they looked like their their skates were just melted and they were moving i tweeted this i said they were moving slower than internet explorer rest in peace <laughs> yeah it, it was it was painful to watch i mean for once i can actually say uh ghost didn't look awful um i thought he had a couple good plays but for the most part i mean that entire defense was not good the entire offense was not firing on all cylinders Kevin Hayes missed what should have been a pretty oh easy God. breakaway goal because he just lost track of the puck. TK can't hit the net to save his life. Couturier is completely lost. Uh, Giroux is far from a leader on this team. I mean, there is just there's nothing going right. AV is going to have to shake up this team something fierce. Um, I I I don't know if this is an overreaction or if this is warranted or what. I think he should go out and make Giroux a healthy scratch for the next game, dude. Like He's got to do something that's going to send a message to this team saying, hey, we are terrible right now. Like I don't know whose fault it is, but we're going to fix it, and we're going to start at the top if we have to. Yeah, I mean, like obviously we all love Claude Giroux. Like, he's an all-time flyer, will go down as one of the greatest to ever wear the orange and black, but he has been... For all intents and purposes, he's been invisible since the bubble began. Like, I I can't remember a time that Jim Jackson or any of the national broadcasters have truly called his name in uh, a positive fashion. It's typically been like, he's been slumping, he's been strut. Like, we have not seen typical Claude Giroux since the, the restart happened. Well, exactly, and there's there's a stat out there where in the Montreal series, he was on the ice for the majority of our goals for, which, yes, that's awesome and everything like that, but when you're the captain, you need to be out there for more than just your goals for. You know, He's got to be the guy that gets the team going, gets them some energy, does something wild and crazy or just does anything to shift the momentum. Um, you, you know, We're really lacking that right now. There's no one going out there and doing anything to give the Flyers a, a, a spark. I mean, the lack of physical play in this game tonight was just astounding. You know, there were yeah, there was a there was a good hit here or there, but there was nothing. Any there was not a single thing that made me say, "Oh wow!" You know, the Flyers are getting aggressive tonight. They really want it. You know, there's just there's a big missing aspect of their game, and it it really is a shame that Giroux isn't taking the time to to be the leader and step up and provide some form of excitement for that bench. It, it, it's almost like the uh, the Danny Phantom thermos that catches all the ghosts. Uh, not speaking of Shane Gossespierre here, but it's like they took the thermos and absorbed all of the Flyers' cockiness and confidence, and it's just missing because 
I, I can't remember the last time I even saw a, a, a cut to TK chirping in somebody's ear. He's supposed to be, you know, the guy that ruffles everybody's feathers, and I haven't seen that go on in quite some time. Like we've said, Giroux has been almost invisible. Uh, Voracek had that one good game against Montreal and then has just been kind of average the rest of the way. Couturier, you know, everybody has been clamoring for him to win the Selkie and everything, but, like, you can't win an award if you don't show up, pal, and I haven't seen anything that's warranted Sean Couturier to to even be in the lineup right now. No, I I agree. It's... It's falling apart at the seams. The entire season is crumbling, and it's crumbling quick. Um, you know, and, and, and sure, people can listen to this and say, "Well, this seems like a bit of an exaggeration." It's it's one game. You know, it's it's game one of the second round, and I get that. But if you look at the first round, seven out of eight of the teams that advanced to the second round, they won game one, and they didn't necessarily win game one in a blowout fashion. And the Islanders most certainly did that. Prior to the series starting, I've been saying it for the past week now. The Islanders are arguably the best team in the playoffs right now because they go out there, they do their job, they don't make sloppy mistakes, and Varlamov has been average, but that's all they need him to do is be average because they have been a really good team around him. You know, the, the Flyers, if they're not showing up, if they're not going above and beyond, or even just doing their job and matching the play that the Islanders are doing, there's, there's no shot they win a single game in the series because the Islanders, just they, they do their job, and they do their job really, really well. And it's just it, it's frustrating to watch. It was, it was annoying from the get-go. Like, the first goal the Islanders scored was from a guy who escaped a retirement home. Like, Andy Green looks like somebody sprinkled the, the seasoning from, uh, you know, salt and pepper chips on his face and has like bird seed all over his face. And yet he's finding the back of the net on Carter Hart because this defense for whatever reason, dude, like it's so on and off. Like they'll have a game where they're standing in front of Carter Hart and not letting anything come near him. And then they'll have games like tonight where it's just like, Oh, here you go, pal. Like, welcome to the league. You're, you're going to take yours tonight. Like for him to have 13 saves, like halfway through the first period tonight was embarrassing. And a couple of those saves were pretty damn big saves. Yeah. Like, if, um, if he's not in net, those saves are probably in the back of the net. Yeah. Well, I can think of one of the goals where he quite literally wasn't in net. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Just so painful. I mean, to, to pivot for some, for at least a little bit of positivity, that second period, they played like a good hockey team. A good hockey team. Not a great hockey team. Not a playoff caliber hockey team. But a good hockey team. Um, you know, They kept the pressure up, and while they didn't make any tremendous opportunities for them, they didn't give away any opportunities to the Islanders for the majority of the period. Um, admittedly, when the Islanders got their first opportunity, which I think was like nine or ten minutes into the second period, that was that was something that they probably could have and maybe even should have scored. Um, it was a really good opportunity that the Flyers kind of let by the wayside, and that's that's something that I got to pivot off of. You know, the Flyers can't go out there have a solid nine minutes and then let one puck get towards Carter Hart, and suddenly it's a legitimate scoring chance. Like you cannot keep the pressure on for eight or nine minutes in a row. And then the second you take the foot off the gas, it's boom, immediately going the other way in a big way. Um, it's, it's, it's so frustrating to, to see that happening. And then when they had their foot on their gas for, for eight or nine minutes straight, 
there was nothing spectacular about no. it. They kept it. They kept it in the offensive zone. They got a couple shots off, um, but there was nothing. There was nothing there. You, you know, like it was just routine save after routine save for Varlamov. I mean, he had a couple big saves throughout the game, but nothing absolutely spectacular. It wasn't like Carter Hart robbing the guy on the doorstep in the first period. Like it just. There were so many of those shots that we we should have made go in, and it was just not finely tuned enough. Yeah, and I mean, even like scoring opportunities, like you go back to the first period, like we talked about earlier, that Kevin Hayes essential breakaway should have been in the back of the net. Like, well, you know what though, with that breakaway, and I, I hate to admit this, but I didn't, I didn't flinch, I didn't get out of my seat. I didn't make those weird noises that I always make whenever the Flyers get a breakaway. I looked at the screen. I knew in my head he's not going to get this. I did not get excited over that breakaway one bit. I saw him stumbling, you know, when he started to go towards the breakaway, and I was like, oh, geez, like, just recover and, like, do something, you know, magical. Uh, and then, I don't know about you, but it looked like he was just trying to get too fancy. Like, he he didn't realize how close he was to the net, and then he was like, oh, let me try and, you know, pull off some wizardry here instead of just finishing like it, it just seemed like he overthought that whole sequence way too much, and that's why he didn't capitalize on it. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, you know, he was he was aiming small there. He was trying to get in as close as possible and put it through the five hole. Ultimately, missed the puck by a couple of inches. It was a good move, I'll admit. It was a good move, but the move doesn't matter unless you get a stick on the puck, and uh, he didn't do it. And then, like like we were saying, like that whole second period, whenever they were, you know, towards you know, the, the Islanders side of the ice and, and trying to score, it was just like, they were just like running into bowling pins. There, there was no, you know, real sense of urgency to, to get the puck into the back of the net. It was just like, Oh, let's just, you know, create havoc and, you know, crash the net without actually capitalizing on what we're supposed to be doing right now. And you go back and watch it. That's exactly what they were doing. It was just like, let's just, you know, create pressure instead of, you know, doing what we're supposed to do, and that's scoring freaking goals. Oh, I know. And, th- and I think the most frustrating thing about the Flyers' offense are these dump and chases that they've been doing the past six or seven games now. Um, you, you know, I, I completely understand that throwing the puck to the corner is a part of the part of the game. You know, you either do it because you want to generate an offensive chance, you want to slow the game down a little bit, hell, you want to make a line change. But the Flyers, more than half the time, they are just dumping and chasing the puck and just not winning the battle to the puck. You're not going to make any legitimate offense uh, chances by doing that. Half the time, they're just causing a turnover for themselves. And it's just, it is the most frustrating thing to watch. I, I, I cannot say it enough. I mean, this team has been so frustrating and i i wonder if my expectations were set a little too high with this team when they swept in the round robins and they looked really good um you know i'm i'm wondering if i had unrealistic expectations for them based off of that i wonder if the bruins lightning and capitals just got together and said hey let's fuck with these guys and let them get a couple of wins yeah. here because that's that's what it seems like and I just, I don't know. A- AV's got his work cut out for him. Um, I-, I-, I haven't lost confidence in AV. I-, I think he's a tremendous coach, and I think that if they're going to pivot, he's going to be the reason why. But there's, there's something needs to be shaken up completely because 
we cannot rely on Carter Hart to win games for us. He can keep us in games, but it is literally impossible for your goalie to win games for you if you're getting zero goals on the score sheet. Or, you know, not protecting him and just hanging him out to dry like he's on a clothesline. Like, Dylan, our, our big-time Flyers guy, wrote uh, a blog post kind of previewing this series, and literally the headline of the post is, the Flyers need more than Hart to beat the Islanders. Little play on words, but it's true. Like, like you said, they can't rely on a goalie who's not going to factor into the scoring decision 9,999 times out of a million. Uh, you know, it's very rare that you get the, the Ron Hextall moment and, and going down and scoring and coming out of the net like that. Uh, but, you know, you can't just have this overwhelming confidence in Carter Hart to be the, the savior in all facets of your game. You, you know, he's been fantastic. As a 21-turned-22-year-old in this bubble, he's been sensational uh, and looks like a, a seasoned veteran. And he's done this before, and, you know, he looks composed for the most part. But the rest of these guys around him, like, that have been here before, that have gone on cup runs, where the hell are you? Like, yeah. it, it blows my mind that guys like Giroux, Voracek, Katoria, like, Guys that have been in this moment before are are just acting like this is brand new territory for them. It's tough to watch, man. It, it really is. Um, it they just look so unmotivated, so unorganized. Uh, and 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 you're right. You know the guys that have been there before look completely lost. They look like they've never been there before, and it looks like they don't want to be there now. So. I, I don't I, I cannot take anything from this first game aside from Carter Hart's play. I cannot take a single positive thing out of this because uh, again, yeah, sure, second period, eight or nine minutes of straight offense. They did fantastic, but it doesn't matter. They didn't score during that time. They didn't create anything for themselves. They didn't show any spectacular moves or, or did anything incredible. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say about this team moving forward. Besides the fact that if they go out there and they play like this, it's going to be the shortest series in these entire playoffs. And, like, I understand you're away from your families and everything. Like, I don't know if these guys' wives and, and kids need to just shoot them a quick FaceTime so that they can see their faces or something. Like, I, I don't know what – because it seems like it's all the dads, too, that are, like, kind of in this funk. Couturier, Giroux, like – they they just seem like they're so out of sorts and it's it's really concerning to me cuz it's been both of them most notably uh that have not contributed pretty much a single thing this entire playoff run since the restart happened and those are two guys that you rely on heavily for offensive output and they have been non-factors throughout the playoffs yeah that's actually a good point i never really thought of it that way but you, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. Um, Giroux and Katoria. Wow, yeah. Jeez, ew. Like, I, I get being away from your family is, is tough and everything, but, like, you know, just shoot him a FaceTime. Talk to him. Maybe, maybe, maybe these guys' wives can give him a pep talk or something. Be like, you know, it's all good. Like, we're holding down the fort here. Go worry about playing hockey. You know, like, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the whole, you know, pretty much brand new dad thing and you're, you're I guess, for back of a, lack of a better term, homesick. But 
you know, it, it's concerning for me with those two that they have been invisible and have not done anything to really motivate this team, whether it's on or off the ice from what we're able to see. I, it, it, it's tough to watch from those two because those are two guys that this team relies on to be leaders, to go out and, and be the, the catalyst for, you know, goal-scoring runs. And we're getting absolutely nothing from him, and it's kind of trickling down. You know, obviously, we've talked about how Voracek had that game against the Canadians and, you know, had a, a couple moments here and there outside of that one game. But, you know, Kevin Hayes had has one goal in the playoffs. You know, TK still looking for his first goal. The You can't rely on your depth guys to be your, your offensive output night in and night out. Like, Joel Farabee is not going to be a guy who's going to put up goals every night. You can't rely on Michael Raffle to be your your number one goal scorer. It, it You just can't do that in the playoffs. No, eventually the guys that are supposed to be on the score sheet are going to have to show up, and if they don't, they are going to be watching the rest of the playoffs from home as soon as this Sunday. Were you... Cause I, part of me was. Were you hoping for some sort of power play, even though our power play absolutely stinks on ice? Yeah, and that's that's something that I noticed like halfway through the game. Um, the Islanders play extremely clean hockey, and this kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. Of the Islanders, they go out there and they just do their job. You know, they they very rarely make mistakes. They don't take a ton of penalties. When they're on the penalty kill, they know what to do. Um, you know, this is a team that the Flyers, even if we somehow managed to put our playoff to our, our, our playoff. Uh, even if we managed to put our power play together, you know, it's that's not a given. The Islanders are not an easy team to score on. They're not an easy team to play against, and they're not going to give you a lot of easy opportunities. Yeah, uh, and we're getting obviously the the post game quotes and everything from the guys. Uh, this is from Jordan Hall from NBC Sports Philadelphia. Uh, Claude Giroux. The first period was probably the worst period we've had since we've been in the bubble. Yeah. Thanks Easily. for taking accountability, pal. Uh at least they're they're acknowledging it too. You know, it's it, they're not beating around the all pun intended the bubble uh and and kind of taking accountability and hopefully this lights a fire under them that ignites something um because at least they're acknowledging that they played like absolute dog shit. Well, you know what really concerns me is I think the Flyers might be the only team in like currently in the bubble that have yet to dominate at least one game. You know, like mm-hmm. the, the Flyers, the Flyers, they didn't dominate any of their games in Montreal. I mean, despite them having two shutouts in a row, Flyers didn't dominate. Their defense just played well and Carter Hart played outstanding. You know, if the Flyers want to get back into this series, they can't just go out and win game two. They need to dominate. They need to one be the ones that win four to zero, five to zero, just to absolutely demolish the Islanders team and take away any confidence that the Islanders were able to get from tonight. Because the the, the Flyers, like you were saying, they've lost that cockiness about them. And when they have that cockiness, that's when they're playing Flyers hockey. They need to get that back. And the only thing that's going to get them there is complete domination in a rebound game in game two on Wednesday. Yeah, and then uh, Jake Voracek said, you give them kudos, it's a long series, you look at the mistakes and move on. Um, Yes and no, like, you got to let this kind of, like, fester in you a bit and be like, you know, we played terrible and we need to look at ourselves in the mirror because we haven't played well 
honestly, since that Tampa Bay Lightning game, which was on August 8th, it is now August 24th. You know, yeah. they haven't, that's the last time, you know, talking about when the Flyers have dominated a game, that's the last time they've dominated a game and, and had that swagger about them. They were, they were playing fast, they were playing smooth. And once the, the actual playoff series started, it was like, you know, maybe they're drinking a little too much Tim Hortons. I, I don't know what it is. But There's something wrong out there. You know, they, they need to they need to wake up because they, they look sluggish out there too. Like tonight especially, from the get go. I, w- I was just watching and the Islanders were skating circles around them, dude, and it was it was just so strange because typically this team, you know, they've got some speed on this team to move around and they just look like, you know, they had cement feet. Yeah, it, it, there was nothing positive you could take from this game. I mean, like I said, if, if they can't go out there in game two and, and dominate and bounce back in a big way, um, you, you know, this, this series will be as good as over, even if they're only down two to zero in the series by Wednesday night. Um, I sincerely hope they can turn it around. You know, obviously me coming on and straight out saying, oh, I hope they get swept so I don't have to watch this. I don't actually mean that. That's just... <laughs> That's just the pissed off Flyers fan in me talking, but like, come on. It's if this is how they're gonna play, I mean they are gonna get swept. And to to your point with Jake Voracek's statement, you know, obviously Voracek is a vet, he knows how to handle these situations and everything like that, but I mean I agree with you. You can't just brush it off, give them kudos and say, Oh, it's a long series, we got them next time. Like this that's something you do if the Canadians went or if the uh uh, what's what's their names? The who they play tonight? The Islanders. <laughs> there we go. I'm so angry. <laughs> See, we're trying thing. to forget it. I know, um, but that's that's the thing. You know, that's something Voracek can say if they go out there and they lose two to one or three to two or something like that. It's a close game down right. to the wire. You know, you give them kudos. They outplayed you they towards the, the end. Whatever. You don't say, "Oh, they outplayed us. We're going to learn from that mistake and uh, see what happens next time." You don't. You don't get to say that when you lose four to zero. Yeah, like, your whole game was a mistake. The, the yes, yes, and it, it sucks because there are going to be a handful of flyers that are going to take positives out of their second period. And hey, that's good. Take the positives where you can find them. But this is a game where you got to pay attention to the negatives. You got to nip them in the butt. Um, Vigneault is going to have to give every single person in that locker room a complete earful. And, you know, I, like I said, I'm not going to be surprised if there is a big name scratched on Tuesday because he's, he's got to make a statement to this team. Yeah. Maybe pour some martinis in their eyes. I, you know, I don't know, <laughs> like do something, get them screaming a little bit, you know, put some olives in their ears. I, I don't know. Uh, Claude Have Giroux. someone go out there and start a fight for God's for sake! For real, like I thought they were on the verge of like six fights tonight. There was little scrums, and nobody took advantage of it, and that was disappointing as well. And that was like, where is the confidence? Where is the cockiness? Where is the swagger? Typically, if if something happens like that, somebody's swinging, you know. Mm-hmm. And and this team, it, they were just like, all right, well, it was like that episode of SpongeBob where the the eel comes through. And Plankton's trying to teach SpongeBob how to be assertive and aggressive, and he's like, "Oh, you can have it." Like that was the definition of game one. Mm-hmm. He just gave everything away. Claude Giroux also said uh, on the Flyers losing 
two in a row. Uh, hasn't happened since January. Uh, and Claude said, we haven't lost two in a row for a while, so we don't plan on losing the next one. Well, at least the captain's finally speaking up. Yeah, I mean, good point. They haven't lost two games in a row, but at the same time, how many times do we have to watch them get dominated before it actually happens? You know, like they're not, it's not a team playing with confidence. You know, they're, they're going to go out there and if they're, if in their mind, they're like, oh, well, we haven't lost two games in a row in a while. So it's just not going to happen. Such a toxic way to look at it. I mean, maybe I'm taking the quote wrong, but for, for God's sake, don't even, uh, if, if I'm Giroux, I'm just going out there. I'm taking all accountability promising that this team is going to have a fire under their ass on Wednesday and go out there and prove it. I don't know. I, I don't like that quote. That really just, it's, I don't know. It's like you you can talk to talk, but now you got to go back it up. Like he can say that in my book. Great. Like maybe it gets these guys, you know, fired up and it's like, Hey, you know, let's, let's not let this streak end or whatever. And let's bounce back in a big way. But Drew's also got to be a part of that solution on the ice. You know, you can talk the talk all you want. Now go out and walk the walk. It's frustrating. It's super I mean, frustrating. Uh, I, no, nothing would make me happier than seeing Drew go out there and scoring two goals in a game or, or just looking like a leader. But I really have a, a tough time believing that he's going to be able to, to turn it on at this point. Yeah, it... it it just seems like he's two steps behind everybody, no matter what's going on. And yep. that's concerning to me. Yep, it really is. And just him being a leader in general, I mean, you look back at the Montreal series, right? Shea Weber was everywhere. The The camera was constantly on him. He was constantly stirring things up, constantly a part of the good opportunities, always a part of the scrums, always being the first guy there for the Canadians, with the exception of Gallagher glad he got whatever um (laughs) but uh but yeah to 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 that point it's just Shea Weber went out there and he was he was a leader for Montreal despite them losing the series that's something we haven't seen from Claude Giroux he the camera is not always on him you're not even hearing his name on most plays and I think I, I I keep reiterating that because it's just I think that is the most important thing if the Flyers want to turn this this series around, is that Giroux needs to go out there and and in Elaine Vigneault's words, be a fucking flyer and be a fucking captain. Yeah, I mean, like you need to see some sort of fire from your captain. Like you're you're the guy that this team looks to 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 lead them through this. You have been there before. You have you've been in a series where you've come back from being down three zero before in your career. You know, you have been part of a Stanley Cup run team that was some phantom goal away from potentially hoisting the cup. Like, Oh, don't remind me. Claude Giroux knows what it takes and knows, you know, mentally and physically what it takes to, to get the job done along with Voracek. Like these two guys know what it takes. And those are the two guys that need to step up in a massive way for this team in the locker room, in practice, in pregame, like, do the little things right. And right now the Flyers are not doing the little things right, and it's leading to the big things going wrong. I couldn't agree more. Game two, the the other concerning thing is, obviously game two is uh, on Wednesday afternoon at 3 o'clock, but then it's also another one of those instances where it's a back-to-back game. And if you fall behind, 
hypothetically in game two and they fall ba- fall down 2-0 and then you have to go back out and play you know a little more than 24 hours later on Thursday night at seven o'clock like that's a tall task like they have to go out and and really kick this Islanders team in the teeth in game two so that it's evened up and it's kind of an even playing field heading into Thursday yeah having back-to-back games I mean momentum is going to be arguably the most important thing and whoever has the momentum at the end of the game at at the end of game two is definitely going to carry the momentum directly into game three I mean like you're saying the 24 hours after game two ends the puck is dropping for game three so they they got to go out there they got to completely dominate um, and you, you got to think about it this way too. They go out there and they get dominated again, three zero, four zero. You got to wonder that what is that going to do to Carter Hart? Is that going to shoot his confidence twenty four hours later? Is he going to be absolutely exhausted from trying to put the team on his back again? Are we going to have to put Brian Elliott in because Carter Hart just faced forty shots in game two? You know they they have a, a tall task ahead of them for game two, and everything needs to go right if they want to carry that momentum into game three because. This is a, a pivotal moment, um, especially with the back-to-back games, that they have to go out and just take it. Now, you bring up Brian Elliott, and we haven't seen him since that Capitals game in the round, Robin. Uh, and, you know, Carter Hart has played fantastic. This is not an indictment against him, but, like, your legs got to get tired at some point. Would you play Brian Elliott in either game two or game three? Well, we did see Elliott come in when Hart got pulled and when the Flyers got dominated in game two yes. in montreal but he was only in there for what five minutes yeah most. not too not too long um if they go out and they lose game two i think they definitely have to put brian Elliott in there um and it's it's not a shot at carter hart obviously but i think it's just giving carter hart the rest because mm-hmm. chances are if they lose game two he faces a lot of shots again um, and maybe maybe it's the shakeup that the team needs, you know, letting your goalie down uh, to the point of exhaustion, and now we're putting Brian Elliott in for Game Three. So and, I, and I, that's no like bashing of Brian Elliott either, because he's been fantastic this year. Oh it's yeah, kind of like Elliot. the the one A. Yeah, I, I agree. Elliott is a tremendous goalie to have as your backup goalie and as your mentor to your to your future superstar goalie. Um, it's definitely not a knock on Brian Elliott, but this team, if they want to see Carter Hart out there for game three, they're going to have to make it easy, easy for him, uh, in game two, and they're going to have to bring him a win. Yeah. I mean, it, I'm sitting here pondering, like maybe I would play Brian Elliott in game two, give Carter Hart some, some time to just rest, let him know this isn't, you're not being sat because of anything you did. Um, but like, just give him a breather because I feel like he hasn't gotten an opportunity to kind of just like sit and and relax mentally, uh, especially with how many shots he's faced, how much you know commotion has been around him in all of these games. You know, obviously you want to go win game two, and I think Brian Elliott can give you an opportunity to do that. But at the same time, it's like you know you're you're gassing Carter Hart a lot and. I, I just I think I would give Brian Elliott a nod potentially in game two. See, I would I would disagree on game two. Um but I, I could definitely see it happening for game three. The reason why I disagree for game two is because Hart is their best chance uh right now to win game two, which I think is pivotal. And again, it's it's nothing against Brian Elliott, it's just the fact that Carter Hart 
uh, even though he let in three goals tonight, uh, he is he's the hot hand. I mean, he looks tremendous. He looks poised. He looks relaxed, uh, with the exception of that one game against Montreal when, when he got pulled. Even today, as the Flyers were getting dominated in the first period, you know, he was making big save after big save, uh, showing a, a lot of maturity out there on the ice. So I would be... I would be a little taken back, to be honest, if they started Elliott in Game 2. But depending on the results there, I wouldn't be surprised to see him start Game 3, even if it's no fault of a uh, two-carter heart. Yeah, I, I think in one of these games we need to uh, we need to see him because we need to give Carter some rest. You know, Obviously, there's going to be at least four games in this, and you, you want to see the Flyers succeed, but you're not going to succeed if Carter Hart's not at his best. And if he's... <laughs> just exhausted and drained either physically and or mentally that's an issue and you're not going into the game already at your best yeah for sure game i would like to see i would like to see the flyers defense do what they did um in that third period of the last game of the montreal game Mm -hmm. anytime that the canadians came in the flyers played almost perfect defense you know sure they got their shots off but it was never a good opportunity shot. I mean, the Flyers were pushing them to the outside. They were keeping them away from the net. They were playing physical in front of their own net. And that's that's something that we didn't really see out of the defense too much tonight. Um, it was just it was lacking all around. So there's there's just so many things to fix. I mean, I can go on and on about the things that these guys have to fix between now and Wednesday at 3 o'clock. I just sincerely hope that AV can, can get in their heads and – get them to pull their heads out of their asses. Yeah, uh, and then a good buddy of mine, Anthony Coppola, big Flyers fan, um, just tweeted, the Islanders strike me as the kind of team that would play really well in a random Wednesday afternoon Eastern Conference semifinal game, so I hope the Flyers (laughs) don't repeat today's first period. (laughs) (laughs) It's the truth, though, because like we said, the Islanders, they're that team, man. They're consistent. They do their job. They're not they're not shaken and they're sure as hell aren't going to be shaken by a flyers team if they played like they did today. And, and that's the thing too. Like you kind of knew that tonight's game was going to be a struggle from the get go, just with how they came out skating with how things like, you know, there's guys flopping and falling all over the ice while they're trying to go after the puck. Like there was so many turnovers, um, and that was uh, a major concern to me. Like, they couldn't get anything going without the puck ending up on an Islanders player's stick. And I was just like, I'm watching the Sixers on ice right now. Like, that's what it felt like watching this game. It was so many of the the little things, like we said earlier, just were not clicking for whatever reason. And if you want to win in the playoffs, you got to do the little things right. You've got to be able to pass properly. You've got to be able to... Like it seemed like they were playing with their eyes closed tonight, almost when they were making passes. Yeah, a lot of things were getting lost. A lot of things were going to the wrong place, and it just—they were getting beat. They were just getting beat left and right to their own mistakes, and you, you can't do that. It's just—I I, can't—I know I keep saying it. I can't say it enough. It's frustrating. It's so frustrating to watch as a fan because. You know, we finally have this team. We come in and we're the number four seed heading into the playoffs. Now we kill it in the round robins. We're the number one seed. We just beat arguably, uh, you know, three of the top five teams in the entire NHL. We went three and zero against them, 
And then we're coming out and looking flat-footed against teams that may have not even made the playoffs. I mean, Montreal definitely wouldn't have made the playoffs. The Islanders, I mean, who am I kidding? They, they definitely would have been in. But but also think just, about before the, the, the pause on the season, the Islanders had lost seven straight games. Also true. Like, And the Flyers had won, I think, nine out of ten. And then they picked right back up in the in the round robin games. It almost seemed like they just went off without a cinch, and now it's like you, you can't buy a goal when it comes to this offense for whatever reason. Like, did, did they not convert their their U.S. dollars to you know Canadian money? Like, I it's you can't buy a goal on any of these goalies. Eleven goals, and I know it's Carey Price, but eleven goals in an entire six game series is pathetic. And then to yeah, get and shut out tonight is even worse. Yeah, you get shut out to Semyon Verlamov, and you only score 11 goals on Carey. Granted, Carey Price is still good, but Carey Price is not this world-breaking goalie that he was this time a few years ago. I mean, he let in he let in at least one soft one in the series. He let in plenty of soft ones during the season. You know, he's not this world-breaking, insane Carey Price anymore. He's just a really solid goalie at this point in his career and the fact that they only put 11 on him is pitiful um i i really hope not just for being a flyers fan and wanting to see them do well but i really hope that they can right the ship and at least get to the conference finals because i hear rumors that oscar lindblom could potentially play if the flyers were to make it to play in september um i mean at this point we're gonna see the flyers last game of the season Saturday at twelve o'clock. Um, <laughs> but you know, if they can, if they can put it together, you know, if they can, someone's got to remind them that Lindblom is is Lindblom is there. You know, he's in the bubble. There is, although it's not, a, it's not a given, but there's a possibility that he could be on the ice with them in a real game if they can force, um, you know, if they can force themselves into the third round. And you'd think that that would be enough for them to not only just go out there and try to win, but at least not get blown out 4-0 to in an opening game of a series. Yeah, and you want to talk about something that's going to ignite a team? Like, that's the ultimate igniter. To have a guy oh, yeah. who just beat cancer, come to the bubble, was watching one of those Montreal games, and was probably like, you pieces of shit, you better win this game. <laughs> like, I'm not here for nothing. I want to be back out on that ice. Go win this damn game. Like, yeah, that that would be incredible. And I just saw a graphic pop up on uh, the the broadcast right now, the the Dallas and Colorado game. The Flyers' top five goal scorers from this season, one combined goal in the playoffs, and it's so Kevin bad. Hayes' one goal. So bad. Like that's speaking of Kevin Hayes, though, with the exception of him completely botching the breakaway and looking a little frantic tonight. Kevin Hayes has been the only guy out there that I would consider as a as a leader on this team. I mean, with the exception of Carter Hart playing absolutely lights out. I mean, Kevin Hayes has at least been going out there and he he looked fantastic uh, in pretty much every single game of the Montreal series. He didn't look as up to par as he could have tonight, but even still tonight, you know, he wasn't one of the guys that was really ticking me off. Um so I <laughs> I guess at least we have Kevin Hayes to root for right now. Yeah, I mean, when the obviously we're still we're talking about the Islanders, but like when Joel Farabee in the Montreal series is scoring more goals than your top goal leaders combined, problem, red flag, wee woo, like 
come on, guys. Like it, It's infuriating that your top five goal scorers, and JVR can't even crack the lineup right now. That's Thank another God issue. he was not in the lineup. I cannot stand JVR, dude. I think after every single game in the Montreal series, I would call Dylan, even when the Flyers won. I would call Dylan, and I would just talk copious amounts of shit about JVR and how undeserving he is of a roster spot in the playoffs right now. I mean, he looked so bad. And every single time the puck came near him in the games against Montreal, he looked terrible. I am I am elated that he was not in the lineup tonight, but I have a sneaking suspicion he might be for game two with how poorly it went tonight. Yeah, I mean, you got to do something. You know, like, it's... And to your point, like being frustrated with JVR is just more frustration as fans to know that a guy with the talent that we know he has, and obviously he's not prime JVR anymore, but the talent that he he was one of your top five goal scorers this season, and he can't crack your lineup, like that's concerning for this team. That you can't put up points, and a guy who is one of your leading goal scorers can't even get in the lineup to help you score points. Yeah, it's, it's rough. It, it really is rough. JVR should not be on our roster right now. Like, not even a starter. Like, he just should not be on the roster. I am so done with how he has played in the bubble. It's 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 been pitiful. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's there's a lot of work to be done over the next, what, 40 hours? Yeah. Give or take, I mean, I'm sure AV is going to be studying film with martinis in hand and trying to forget this one. Um, Putting yourself in his shoes, what are, you know, a couple things you would change? Obviously, there's a lot, but your your biggest glaring concerns heading into game two. Well, you know, one thing that I noticed that I haven't brought up yet is I didn't see them win, like, a single face-off tonight. I don't know if I was watching the same Flyers team that is supposedly, you know, excellent with face-offs and has a ton of guys with great face-off percentages and everything like that. But, dude, we were not winning anything off the draw. And that is constantly why we are playing catch-up and playing from behind and and putting a lot of blame on our defense because the offense just never has the puck. Um, so I, I think the face-offs are a big issue. I think they need to touch base on that immediately. Um, and my other thing is I'm going to go back to those dump and chase pucks where I'm sorry, but if you're going to do that, you got to get down to the damn puck. You can't just be giving it away every single time. You know, I understand doing it here and there, get your, get your line change going, you know, take your 50, 50 shot at going to get it. But when that becomes your main play and your main play is, has continuously just led to turnover after turnover after turnover, you got to reevaluate that. Yeah. It's uh there's a lot to fix. AV's got his hands full when it comes to this team, and I don't know if they need to, you know, find the the Super Mario Brothers mushroom to figure something out and get bigger and, and faster or what. But there's a lot to fix heading into uh, Wednesday afternoon, and if they don't fix it, it's not going to get any easier because you have that back to back, and at that point. Like we said, you're going to be playing Brian Elliott to kind of save Carter Hart for uh, a winner-go-home situation at that point. And uh, hopefully we don't find ourselves in that situation. Hopefully these guys reconvene, kind of take tomorrow to look at themselves in the mirror 
and uh, figure some stuff out because this offense, man, it, it this is the most stagnant that I can ever remember the Flyers' offense being in a long time. Yeah, they they've been absolutely pitiful. I mean, to like you said, you know, in that Montreal series, we had eleven goals. We are now seven games into the playoffs, and we still have eleven goals. That's just so gross. Yeah, mind-boggling. They are generating one and a half goals per game right now. And I'm sorry, but the only way you're winning with one and a half goals per game is if your goalie is getting a shutout. And luckily, Carter Hart was able to put together two of those in the last seven games. And they were (laughs) back-to-back. And they were back-to-back. Like, you you can't rely on that being your offense as well. You can't rely on, on shutouts and, you know, brick wall goalie play being your source of offense and being like, Oh, we got one goal. We're good. Like that's, that's just complacency. And that doesn't win in the playoffs. You can't be complacent and think you're going to succeed. I couldn't agree more, man. It's just, <laughs> I hate being a Flyers man. <laughs> uh, Flyers going to get that dub game too. They have to. Um, as far as I'm concerned, if they if they lose this game, if they drop this game, they are really forcing themselves into a bad spot. Not just because they're going down in a series zero to two, but just because it's proving to the Islanders that you know they are a significantly better team. And to be completely honest, if the Islanders came out and half-assed game two, but the Flyers came out and did everything that they did tonight, I think the half-assed Islanders would still beat that team. So I I, I have. A little bit of optimism that AV is going to be able to right the ship, but I just I, I can't say enough how imperative it is. You know, as far as I'm concerned, if they lose Game Two, they're losing the series. Yeah, I mean, there's not much evidence to disprove that as of right now. You know, it, it's one of those things where they gotta they gotta go in, really study this film, and see what the hell happened because they just look like they forgot that today was Game Day. And hopefully AV wakes them up, like I said, throw some martinis in their faces, burn their eyes a little bit, and uh, write this ship because you you can't go seven playoff games and have 11 goals. No. If they can go out in game two and do what they did in the second period tonight but start the game like that, that'll be, I think, enough positive momentum for them to carry them through the game. Um, but he, they cannot start as flat-footed as they did. Uh, I don't even want to say in the first five minutes of the game, just in the entire first period in general. they got to come out there. They have to be the team that is shot out of the cannon. They cannot keep being this team that is relying on very sound defense and relying on playing the chess game. You know, They have to be the team to go out there and try that blitzkrieg move in the chess game and just get it going. They, they cannot... Just sit back and let the Islanders start the game like they did uh, this time around. They have to go out and really bring it to them. Uh, and if they if they can't dominate at least the first five minutes of the game in Game 2, we're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, and uh, it would be nice to uh, have a game where they score more than three goals in the playoffs because they yeah, haven't be been nice. able to get over that hump yet either. I mean, hey, at this point, I'd just be happy to see three goals. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Like, give us the, give us the, uh, the peak of the mountain so far. Um, but yeah, hopefully, we're we're talking about a win on Wednesday night's show. And like I said at the top of the show, 
that's when we'll get into uh, the Sixers and and Brett Brown and the Phils and everything else. But uh, had to uh, had to wait for all that to kind of process. All pun intended there. Um, yeah. But uh, Flyers unfortunately take the take the L tonight to the Islanders and uh, got a lot to fix, Mikey. They got a lot to fix. And uh, if you guys want fun Flyers takes and yelling and screaming. You can uh, follow us on social media at Underground PHI on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. And it's been a long time since you've been on the podcast feed, Mikey. So drop that new Twitter handle for the people. Absolutely. You can follow me at FF underscore Mikey10. And uh, half the time you're getting fantasy football takes. The other half of the time you're getting me screaming about the Flyers. And occasionally if the Flyers actually get a win, you'll see me taking some tequila shots. Yeah, like you did uh, when they when they clinched against Montreal, and then every other day there's just a I love Christian McCaffrey tweet because why not? Oh yes, yes, I may be a Philadelphia Flyers fan, but when it comes to the Carolina Panthers fan, I I am definitely that. You see how hot and bothered just talking, just uttering Christian McCaffrey's name made him. It's sensational. <laughs> uh, so if you want, if you ever want to make me feel better after a Flyers game, just say that name. I'm good. I'm good now. Yeah, it's easy. It's 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 the quick it's the elixir to Mikey's life. Outside of tequila, CMC is the elixir to your your woes. <laughs> uh, and make sure you guys are subscribed to the friggin' podcast. Leave those five star ratings and reviews. Let us know what you want to see this Flyers team do when it comes to uh, Wednesday nights or Wednesday afternoons game to uh, right this ship and get it all fixed. Apple Podcast five stars only because we have standards. We know you do too. Or you can check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. And like I said, we'll be back live on Wednesday night talking about Flyers Game 2, talking about Brett Brown being fired, uh, the Sixers team, where do they go from here, and uh, anything that goes down with the Phils as we uh, approach the trade deadline with this weird-ass baseball season. And, of course, make sure you guys check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com. Tons of written content coming out from all of our uh, our underground peeps, so make sure you check that out as well. And uh, next time I talk to you, Mike, you will also be on Wednesday night because we have our fantasy draft. That is very true. Uh, speaking of fantasy drafts, if you don't mind me selflessly plugging Plug something, it. I have a uh, – I have an article coming out tomorrow for the Loaded Box podcast, uh, going to be released sometime in the afternoon. Um, but it is eight tips on how to make this year your best fantasy football draft that you've ever had. So if you want to be a winner, and Kyle, I know you do, feel free to give that a read tomorrow. Yeah, it's been a while since I've been in the playoffs, so I need to do everything that I can to, uh, to win. So I will definitely hey, be I'm checking lo- that out. I'm looking forward to rekindling our rivalry this year, buddy. It's about damn time. It's about oh, damn yeah. time. The rebuild is over. <laughs> <laughs> the process is complete. Uh, but uh, you guys are the best damn podcast uh, listeners on the planet. Uh, and, of course, it wouldn't be possible without our incredible local sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Douche Arms Pro Foot, Security 21, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Automall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland, and of course, our kick-ass merch provider, DesignTree, DSGNTree.com. Search Underground Sports Philadelphia. Get all your Philly sports merch, whether it's Flyers, Phillies, 
And hell, football season's 20 days away, 19 days away when you're listening to this. Gear up for Eagle season, all of our merch in our storefront, and use the promo code DSGN5 to save yourself $5 off at checkout. And you got to look styling and profiling when you're wearing our merch and protecting your eyes while you're watching all these games outside of when you're crying from these losses. And that's when our, our friends Tomahawk Shades come into play. Get your blue light plus glasses. Protect those eyes. You'll feel 1,000 times better. I feel like I sleep better when I'm wearing these things uh, throughout the day, staring at as many screens as I do. And I'm sure Mikey feels the same way as he's working from home. I've, I've People are saying that Mikey's got like 12 pairs in his cart right now. Uh, <laughs> so the the best way to do it is use the promo code USP at checkout. Saves you 25% off your entire order. And all orders right now, $75 and over. That's why Mikey has 12 pairs in his cart. Qualify for free shipping. So check out our friends at Tomahawk Shades. TomahawkShades.com. Promo code USP. Saves you 25% off at checkout been a lot of fun yelling and ranting after a uh unfortunate loss by the orange and black but uh we'll be back they're gonna bounce back guys have the faith keep the faith let's keep dancing anytime anywhere uh this has been episode number 259 of underground sports philadelphia for mikey i'm kb we are signing off peace